Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I greatly appreciate you listening in to another episode. We're going to go ahead and get the house rules out of the way and we're going to talk about not the news this time as we talked about before and I understand this is going to be a couple days late uh, with kids, soccer and, and all that kind of stuff. We got to travel around and I wasn't able to get this out sooner uh, and then plus I was dealing with sinus infection so <clears throat> it's actually the first day feel good enough to uh, to talk so uh, let's go ahead and get the house rules out of the way. First, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. That's the best way to keep up with podcast episodes as they come out. Also, go ahead and leave us a review if you can, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That is the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platforms. It is, uh, you know, people help find us whenever they're looking for gun-related stuff, uh, so that way they can keep up with the news and some of the cool interviews and episodes that we talk about. So leave us a review if you can. Also, go ahead and check out our social medias. We are everywhere at Two A Lifestyle. Uh, that is the number Two A Lifestyle, except for Instagram. Two is spelled out. That's the best way to keep up with also what we're doing in between podcasts. Also, if you like this podcast, please check out our Patreon. That's the best way to support the podcast. And you know anything that you guys gives us, anything you guys give us, sorry, uh, it goes directly back into this podcast. That's the best way to help us out. It goes to the cost of publishing this podcast. It goes for new equipment. It's a little bit of everything. So anything you guys give us on Patreon, it's greatly appreciated. You can check us out there at Two A Lifestyle Podcast. And with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the show. Well, this podcast, we're going to be talking about something that I think everybody in two firearms should be, uh, you know, involved in as, you know, shooting is a great hobby. It's a great sport. It's a great way to uh, enjoy the, the outdoors, but also when you're talking about shooting, uh, there's many different facets of shooting, uh, and one of them is reloading. <clears throat> so we've talked about it before. We've talked uh, about products that's come out and re- reloading. We've talked about uh, different things on reloading, uh, but we're going to donate. You know, just just devote a whole podcast to reloading and talk about uh, what kind of uh, equipment, what kind of knowledge, what kind of research. Uh, a little bit of everything about reloading. So we're going to talk about uh, this whole podcast is going to be strictly on reloading. So, you know, reloading is something that a lot of people get into whenever we have an ammo scare. Uh, we had an ammo scare uh, this past couple years with COVID and with all the new gun owners in the gun community. Uh, we had a lot of, you know, we had an ammo scare and that's when I got into reloading after Sandy Hook. Uh, that's when I got into reloading and ammo became very scarce and I decided, you know what, I need, want to keep shooting. I want to keep up my proficiency. So I got into reloading then. And, uh, during that ammo scare, you know, we actually saw, uh, still the components on the shelves. We still found primers, we're still able to find, uh, bullets. We were still able to find powder. Uh, but this past ammo scare, I mean, you couldn't find anything because a lot of people that have got into the firearms, uh, the last major scare around Sandy Hook got into reloading like myself, and you had a lot of people, you know, kind of saw the writing on the wall 
and said, you know, I see ammo getting scarce. I'm going to get a reloading. So I'm going to start buying primers, powder, bullets, all that kind of stuff. And we actually had a scare of primers and stuff. So there was, uh, you know, a lot of people that got into reloading but didn't have the components to do reloading. Now, something I'm gonna tell you about myself is like, I stock up on powder, I stock up on primers, uh, I cast my own bullets. So, it, you know, for me, it wasn't too terribly bad. I, was, I had to break into some of that stuff and do some reloading to be able to keep up with my shooting proficiency. Uh, but there was still, um, you know, that scarcity. So, Things are starting to come back to normal. Uh, we saw actually saw ammo become more available uh, before the components were starting to become available. Uh, you you know started to see nine millimeter and two two three and all those uh, different ammos come back on the shelves before primers uh, come back on the shelves. But now we're starting to at least locally for me, <clears throat> I'm starting to see primers come back on the shelves, and uh, you know now is the time to start buying things you know a little bit at a time. Uh, so if you get into reloading after this podcast, or if you have gotten to reloading, uh, and you're just listening to this podcast to see if there's anything that, um, you know, you might learn from this podcast, I recommend what you do is like, you know, every paycheck, go buy yourself like a hundred primers, you know, a hundred primers are around like five bucks, uh, or buy yourself, uh, like just one pound of powder, one pound of powder is like around like 20, 25 bucks. Uh, you know, and honestly, I would recommend getting into casting, and that's something that we're going to talk about uh, later on. <clears throat> we're talking about bullet casting. Um, bullet casting is uh, a great way to get more into what's you know um, reloading, starting to uh, do more of it yourself, all that kind of stuff. So it's something that we're going to be talking about later on. So. Reloading, if you don't know uh, what it is, basically it is taking shots, you know, uh, casings, brass casings, and, uh, you know, starting from the very beginning from uh, depriming it, priming it, putting the powder in, uh, you know, fixing up the case, seating the bullet, and then crimping the bullet, and then using it to go on and shoot more ammo. Uh, that's what it is and with that let's go ahead and say like you know what the basics of a bullet are the basics are the brass casing the primer the powder and the bullet itself Uh, that is all a bullet is there's nothing fancy about it that's what it is and most people like myself and what you know uh, I guess I should caveat with this and say that with reloading uh, I mean reloading is is basically a science in of itself i love ballistics i have like just you know gigabytes of data on ballistics and you can get really into the weeds with ballistics but we're going to be talking about just kind of like plain jane uh beginners reloading 101 on this podcast just because um there is uh, other podcasts that really go into the weeds of it. And I really recommend you look into, if you want to get more into the weeds of it, uh, look into the reloading podcast on the farms radio network. Uh, those guys are extremely knowledgeable. They really get into the minutia of especially like long range precision shooting reloading. And, uh, that's where I would recommend if you want to get more into like loads and different types of 
uh, tools and stuff like that. Because what I'm going to be talking about is very basic, uh, just because you know this is just going to be one podcast episode about reloading, and uh, you know that's that's how I recommend if you want to get more into that. Uh, talk, you know, go check out the Reloading podcast on the Farms Radio Network. Uh, you know, I, it's for my taste, it's a little bit dry for the podcast. Uh, you know, um, it's not, you know, it's not like you're going to be listening to, uh, like a funny Samuel Jackson or, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds comedy or something like that. They're kind of, kind of dry, but it, it's great information. That's what I'll say. It's very great information to listen to, uh, if you want to get further into reloading. But um, talk about the tools of reloading. Uh, when we're talking about the tools of reloading, the basic things you're going to need is uh, some sort of you know some sort of tool to clean your brass casings, uh, some sort of tool to prep your brass, and then uh, a I, you know some people you know and I, when preparing for this episode, I was looking up different articles. Uh, in different things on, um, you know, what tools you will need. And there was a lot of different articles and videos on reloading about, <clears throat> you know, you need uh, a powder scale or this or that or whatever. Uh, I'm not even going to get into that just because of the fact that I think there's cheaper and simpler ways where uh, you can get into reloading and not have to, um, you know, go into that. So I think, uh, this is going to be like a, a very different, uh, style on how to do it. And this is where I think you should go. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about it, you know, I'm sorry, uh, next tool, uh, it, so you, you can get, um, those, uh, powder scales, but what I went and did is I got these little uh, powder measuring scoops from Lee, and I'm going to tell you right now, like, Lee is going to be the best way for you to get into reloading just because of the fact that you are not going to be breaking the bank. Uh, You're going to, you know, have a lot of different uh, economical tools to reload uh there's some other great brands out there there's hornady there's frankfurt there's rcbs there's dylan um uh there is uh i think it's the main ones frankfurt lee dylan hornady uh those are the main ones but you know there's net doomers brands out there lee has been around for a very very long time and they are very economical. They make really good stuff. Uh, a lot of people kind of snub on Lee because it's considered like the pores uh, version of reloading. But it is very uh, good equipment, especially if you know what you're getting. Uh, you know, there's some things that I'd rather get more of than, you know, other brands I'd rather get besides Lee. But it's good stuff. Um and so besides the powder measurement, you'd have to get um, a, uh, some sort of press and then uh, reloading dies. That's the main part of it. So when we start talking about uh, case preparation, so with case preparation, 
there are different things that you can get. Um, you know, Harbor Freight is a great source for this. Um, you know, Frankfurt sells a tumbling, uh, a tumbler for, I'm looking right now at brownells.com. It's $58. Um, but it's got two one-star reviews and both reviews said that the bucket for the tumbler, you know, broke within the first few months of it. Uh, but if you look at, um, Harbor Freight, they have a five pound metal vibratory, uh, tumbler bowl, which is, is what I currently have right now. And you got it for 70 bucks. And anybody that knows Harbor Freight, Harbor Freight constantly runs sales. They constantly have coupons. Um, and this thing is a champ. I leave this outside because it is loud. Uh, and with the tumbler, um, in, for, at least from my thought, coming from Harbor Freight, uh, Harbor Freight obviously doesn't make reloading tools. Um, but this is also stuff that is used to clean mechanics parts and stuff like that. So it is built a little heavier than that and uh, it's pretty good and my first tumbler that I actually got from Harbor Freight is this other one it's a dual drum rotary rock tumbler uh, now I actually got this from Harbor Freight like way back in the day like I said back when uh, Sandy Hook first happened and I got this thing I think for like 25 or 30 bucks it's now like $70 and this is something like just a little tangent I'm gonna go on like Harbor Freight like used to be known for its cheap shit you know, sometimes a lot of the stuff didn't hold up, uh, but, you know, it held up for, like, the average user. And this Rotary Rock Tumbler, uh, it's actually something my daughter actually has now. She just got uh, one of these because I threw away my old rot Rotary Rock Tumbler a while back when I upgraded uh, to the new kind of standard uh, vibra vibration tumbler. She's got one of these net right now because she does, like, rocks. So um, they hold up really well, and this is something that I personally use myself. I like this one. Uh, when I first got it just because of the fact that you know I might be just doing like a small batch and I didn't have to fill up the vibrary you know vibration tumbler all the way up I could just use one of these little uh, drums I didn't have to use both but if I had uh, like a big uh, you know reloading cleaning thing that I could use both drums <clears throat> so uh, and this is also $70 and you know, right now, actually, if you part of their member only deal, you can get this thing for $55. I think my daughter, when she bought hers, we had a coupon and we got hers for around the same price. We got it for around like 50 or $55. Uh, and then something else, you know, with Harbor Freight, uh, they also sell the media uh, that you need to clean the brass with. Um, and they sell it fairly cheap. Uh, looking at it, you can get like 25 pounds of the walnut media for 30 bucks, um, and then they have it in different grit, uh, 12 grit, 24 grit. Preferably get probably the 24 grit because that's smaller pieces. Uh, when I first got into reloading, uh, I got corn cob media from the pet section at Walmart or PetSmart, and used that, which it was it did great for the purpose uh, that I was using. Uh, just as a little bit bigger so like when I decided to clean like 223 brass or any kind of rifle brass uh, and especially it had like a small little neck on it a small like you know hole if you don't know what a neck is it's the the part of the case where the bullet actually goes in um, it was kind of hard to get that larger corn cotton media out of there and media is just the term 
for what is used to clean uh, the brass. It's the actual stuff that you put in there with the brass uh, to clean it. And then there's all sorts of stuff that you can use to, to make your brass shiny as well, if that's something that you want to do. Uh, something that I learned a while back, and I still use it to this day, is just uh, car wax. So like turtle wax. Uh, man, like your stuff comes out shining. It's super clean. Uh, looks really good. So that's something that I would recommend uh, you could do for your reloading and case preparation. Now, uh, if you get the the rotary rock tumbler, I mean that's something that's fairly quiet. Like if you don't, if like say for example you live in a uh, apartment complex and you don't have like a garage or something, uh, that's something that's quiet that you can like put on in your house. You can like maybe put on another room or in a closet, and uh, it's not going to make a lot of noise and you can you know have that running while you're in the house and not piss your neighbors off now the vibration tumbler like the one i have uh, i will say it is super fucking loud uh i got it in my garage i leave it in my garage because it's so fucking loud and uh that is uh something that you would have to you know take into compensation whenever you um get one of these because say for example like i said if you do live in an apartment or you live with roommates uh that is going to you know be probably a source of contention in my mind if if i was your roommate and you had that going all the time um so uh maybe leave it on like when you go to work if you work during the day maybe you can leave it running during the day it doesn't take a whole lot of time to clean these uh, you know, a few hours at the max, like maybe three to four hours is probably, I'd say the minimum time to make sure you get a good cleaning. Uh, and this is good basic stuff. I mean, you can get really into the weeds with sonic cleaners and all of the kind of stuff whenever you're cleaning your brass and sonic cleaners are great as well. So like, I'll say this, if you get a sonic cleaner, um, a sonic cleaner is like super nice because you can also put like smaller gun parts in there just depending on how big your sonic cleaner is and you can use a sonic cleaner to clean your gun parts as well. So uh, that is case preparation and going on into the next thing with um, you know case preparation is uh, a deprimer. So there are hand tools that you can use uh, for deep priming, um, it is definitely, you know, one part of the, the process. Uh, something that you can do is there are little hand tools that you can use uh, that are pretty cheap. Uh, so I'm looking right here. The one that I am familiar with is Frankfurt Arsenal's Platinum Series Hand Hold Deep, deep Priming Tool. You can get it from Brownells for $46. And what's nice about it is you can uh, collect the primer. So like to me, whenever I do reloading, normally, and I got like progressive presses and turret presses and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for me, uh, you know, what I do normally is, you know, once I get my cases ready, uh, I get my little um, depriming tool and like I'll sit here at the couch and like I'll watch TV, a game, uh, or listen to a podcast or something like that. It was an audiobook, and um, I'll just like deprime them the whole time. And I, like I have like a little uh, like Walmart bag, or I'll have 
like a little um, trash can next to me, and uh, I'll put the primers in there. Uh, but you know the primers like always spill over or whatever, and they'll like fuck up a vacuum cleaner. Uh, you'll just like you know if you find if you'll realize if you left a primer on the ground when you go to vacuum because you hear like that little clicking sound like you know on the uh, in your vacuum because it'll suck one of the old primers up. Um, but uh, you know that is one option. Another option is obviously if you, and we'll get into this further later on, uh, but like getting into a single stage primer, you could just put a case in there, have your deep priming die in there, and just pop, 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 just keep going. Just, you know, put a case in there, pull a lever, deep prime it, pull the case out, put it with your deep prime brass, you know, and just keep going forward. Uh, and something that I, uh, do, I've done both ways. So like I will have like a little bucket or I will have like old, uh, bullet, uh, trays that I, you know, if like, a, or like those little 50 round trays from like old boxes of bullets, um, you know, I've, I've done both. So, uh, you know, and then you just put them in there and like, I'll have like one bucket of, uh, brass that needs to be deprimed, and I'll have a bucket of brass that are already deprimed. And you know, I can do like 500 to a thousand rounds, you know, just like that. And uh, just be watching, like I said, TV or watching a game, listening to a podcast, an audiobook, stuff like that. Um, and once you get all your cases deprimed, uh, it is important because there are uh, different sorts of uh, uh, reloading in, or I should say different sorts of ammunition uh, when it comes to primer pockets. And that's what you call the little space in the brass casing to where the primer itself is. Uh, there is a uh, crimped uh, primer pocket which the crimped primer pocket, uh, it looks like it is, you know, it's plainly kind of told it's crimped. So what the manufacturer of the ammo did is they kind of pushed the brass a little bit around the primer pocket. Uh, there is a normal rolled pocket, which this is what most of them are. And it's just a primer pocket that has got like a rounded edge, but it's kind of open, so it's easy for people to um, put new primers in there. And then there's beveled. Uh, and beveled looks like just kind of like a 45 degree angle. Uh, and the main reason I say this is because a crimped primer pocket, it's gonna fuck up. So uh, something that you're going to need is a uh, primer uh, tool. And what that little primer tool is, is it's got, uh, it's called a primer pocket cleaner and it's like a little piece of metal and it's got two little ends on either side and it's for like large primers and small primers so there's two different sizes so like a, a nine millimeter is going to be a small pistol primer a 45 acp is going to be a large pistol primer same thing with rifles uh, a 223 is going to be a small rifle primer and something like a 30-06 is going to be a large pistol or large rifle primer, I should say. Um, 
So what you need to do is you need to take that uh, primer pocket tool and just for safe, you know, just just for peace of mind, uh, clean out your primer pocket because when you clean out your primer pocket, you're getting rid of those crimped primer pockets, which will fuck up your primers if you try to reload them. I've done it. I've been lazy before, especially uh, you know I. I'm a brass rat. I will go on to, um, you know, ranges, and if somebody's left a shooting bay, or uh, I'll go into my shooting bay and say that see that maybe somebody hasn't uh, picked up their brass. I will go and I will look at the brass, and you know, before and so there's like numerous different things. So like I got like sorting trays, um, so uh, I got these trays that I put over five gallon buckets. And I will put, like, now I can just grab a whole shit ton of brass. I will put it over this uh, sorting tray, and I'll shake the tray. Kind of like how a uh, like gold miner, you would see, like, pan for gold in a river. I'll just, like, shake that tray. And, like, you know, 380 brass is going to fall into the bucket. So I know that those are 380 brasses. Uh, I'll do the same thing for 9mm, 40, uh, 45 I uh, do all that and you know before I would have to like you know just kind of look in pick up the brass and I'll look at the end of it and I'll say like you know hey yeah this is you know 40 this is 45 this is 9 this is 380 all that kind of stuff anyway I, I say that because like you know when you get into reloading and especially if you do it like on a mass scale because you want to um, you know shoot more so you want to reload more uh, you're going to miss certain things and so like I would think that you know on my nine millimeter like oh all these are normal rolled uh, primer pockets uh, but there might be a crimp primer pocket that has escaped in there a time or two and uh, you know I fucked up some primers that way and uh, I'll get into some stories about having some primers go off when I'm trying to seat them because I was being lazy um, so it's always a good habit to, especially for reloading, to have your process and to stick with it. Like, um, you know, for cooking. So like cooking mac and cheese. Uh, I know for a fact that like I got to get the water to boil before I can add the macaroni because it could take longer. Or I know I got to add the cheese powder after, you know... Uh, I drain the excess water uh, from the primer pocket. Be or not fucking primer pocket. I say I got reloading on the mine. Um, that I drain the excess water from the pot because if I don't, then the uh, cheese powder is gonna get like really diluted, and I'm gonna have like really watery mac and cheese, and my fucking kids like get all pissy because their mac and cheese fucked up. So it's good on reloading to have a, your steps and your process and to kind of like do the same thing over and over. Like once you get a process right to keep doing it over and over because you know that, hey, like I have had good success with this. Um, every time I do it this way, I come out with good, you know, uh, ammo that I can shoot. It doesn't have any problems uh, either jamming or failure to eject or failure to a feed, all that kind of stuff. Continue that process. So, you know, get your primer pocket tool 
and clean your uh, primer pockets because uh, that makes sure you don't have any crimp primer pockets that make sure that you uh, you know are good to go you don't have any issues later on uh, the next step is going to be um, after you and honestly would you could so like I say you know you you clean your brass first you can um, deprime your brass first uh, clean your private pocket or God, your primer pocket and then you can then uh, clean your brass that way your primer pockets are uh, you know clean as well if you want to do that as well uh, that's just like one way you can do it um, those those two are kind of interchangeable you can do one or two or two and one however you know however you want to do it anyway so going into the next step uh, is you're going to put pr uh, primers back in those pockets. So now when you're doing uh, those, uh, that is going to be, you know, kind of tricky because whenever you're looking into doing this, um, you know, again, it's kind of like with the uh, D primer you can do it on your reloading press or you can have a special uh, little hand tool and do it for you. Uh, you can have something that's kind of standalone. Um, Frankfurt Arsenal sells one for $80. RCBS uh, sells one, a uh, couple for one for 50, one for 74. Well, those are on sale right now at Midway USA. Uh, and then uh, Lee also has uh, one that you can attach to a bench. And they sell theirs for $34. And that, again, these are sale prices that I'm seeing. So uh, don't be calling Midway USA saying, hey, I heard on Too Late Lifestyle that it was this price. These are sale prices that are going on right now. And Midway USA uh, is pretty good. I, you know, I try to support Brownells because Brownells does so much good for the shooting community. Um, Midway USA. I will say, I think Midway USA thinks they do well because they support the NRA. Uh, but Larry Potterfield is, you know, just an older dude. Um, he's kind of set in his ways on, hey, uh, this is how we support the Second Amendment, that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, Midway USA also has some pretty good, to me, I think they, at least in my opinion, has better selections on reloading stuff than Brownells. Brownells has a great bunch of stuff in regards to like gunsmithing they have some pretty good uh, reloading stuff as well anyway so those are your your prime your hand priming tools and it's the same thing for me so like uh you know if you look at these they have these little um uh trays that you dump your primers into them uh you uh, you know make sure that they're all facing one way uh you uh just same thing got my two buckets here uh one bucket is clean un, you know uh deep prime brass and then i'll just grab one put it in there you know shake it a little bit make sure primer is in the uh seat push the little handle and you're good to go and dump my uh you know prime brass in the new bucket and just keep going on further and further. 
you can also do this with uh, your reloading press, like I said. If you got uh, a single stage press or a progressive press or a turret press, you can you know just do it that way. Uh, this is how I do it, just because, like I said, you know I can like watch TV, watch a game, uh, listen to a podcast, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so my story is when I said that you need to make sure that you don't have a crimped uh, primer pocket is I was doing this and I uh, was, you know, priming brass and all of a sudden, and I was doing this shit like at 11.30, maybe midnight, um, you know, my fucking ex-wife was in the back, my kids were asleep. And all of a sudden, you just hear a pop. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? And my fucking ex-wife comes back and looks at me. And she's, you know, obviously it woke her the fuck up. And she's like, are you okay? And I noticed what happened was, is I was just trying to force it. uh, You know, and that's something else with these uh, hand priming tools. Uh, You don't want to force it. It should go pretty naturally. And... Uh, so I was, you know, priming brass and I was just trying to force it a little bit too much. Uh, it's probably cause I was tired as well. I was distracted watching TV, but I was really tired. I just wanted to do this just because I was doing shit all day and I wanted to get this done this weekend and, uh, I didn't get a chance to do it. So I was doing it that night. Just like, you know, I told myself I was going to finish this bucket of brass and I forced it. And when I was forcing it and I was pulling that handle, uh, I set the powder and the primer off and it shot, it shot like just if a firing pin hit that primer. Uh, now fortunately, thank goodness, um, the, that primer going off didn't set off the other primers in the, uh, tray because that could have been a fucking disaster. I could have had, you know, like 30, 40 primers or however many I had in the tray at that time go off all at once, uh, right there in my hand. And I'd probably burnt myself, probably had some plastic, you know, gone into my hand or my face. Uh, but that fortunately didn't happen. It was just one primer. And this has actually happened to me twice uh, in my, like, I guess you can call it like reloading journey. Um, and it's just, you know, being complacent and not following the steps like I was telling you. Not taking the time to check all those primer pockets with my depriming or with my primer pocket tool. And that's happened. So, uh, you know, both times, like I said, fortunately, it was just one primer went off, scared the shit out of me when it did go off. And that's why I say when you are reloading, you need to have this, um, this, this usual steady set of, you know, step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, step six, and so on and so forth. Just that way you don't get complacent and accidents can happen. So, now that you have all your brass uh, cleaned, deprimed, primer pocket cleaned, ready for a new primer, you primed all that brass, next step is loading it with powder. So now this is uh, where you can do it several different ways. And the ways that you can do it uh, just depends on how accurate and um you want to get so like when you're talking about long range precision shooting i mean those guys have it down to the grain and i mean there are powder measuring tools that you can spend 
you know, a few hundred dollars on that will get it down to the grain. And, you know, there's different thing, different scales. You know, one looks like, uh, you know, the scales of justice uh, where you have this little metal tray and you just keep feeding it until you get, um, you know, the, the scale that you want. Um, there's, uh, turns, you know, uh, little, uh, scales where you turn the cup that's holding the powder and, you know, however many turns, however many, it's just, it's just hard to explain because there's so many different fucking ways you can do it. So, uh, you know, I'm not really into long range precision shooting. Um, I mainly reload, uh, nine millimeter, 45, 40, 38, um, two, two, three and three, oh eight and 30, 30, uh, and 30, 30, I guess you could say is like the most like precise one that I reload because for the three, oh eight and the two, two, three, I, uh, run those for, you know, my AR, t- uh, platform rifles and my battle rifles. So there's really no need for them to be so precise. Um, so what I use, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, is these Lee uh, powder measure kits. And what these are is it's literally little scoops that uh, you just like scoop up powder, make sure it's level, uh, and then you pour it into the, uh, the uh, brass casing. And I got like a little funnel. You can get like a little funnel for um, like five bucks at Midway USA. And then these little uh, powder scoops, uh, they're 12 bucks right now at Midway USA. And the regular price is only like $15. And with that, you get um, like I think it's 15 different scoops. And inside the box, it tells you like, all right, this scoop is for nine millimeter. This scoop is for 38. This scoop is for 45. This scoop is for 223, you know, and it tells you the scoops, uh, like what's, you know, what scoop to use for what caliber. And then even if you need more powder for like your 308 or your 3030, it says use uh, this scoop and this scoop. And, you know, it's this, it'd be the same way. And now, on this, like what I normally do, and you can, again, purchase more shit if you want for this. Uh, you could purchase bullet trays from uh, Brownells, Midway, uh, Academy, Bass Pro. Um, but what I just use, I use the old bullet trays uh, from ammo that I already purchased. So like if I got a box of 3030, I'll keep that little uh, tray that the 3030 comes in. And uh, I'll just reuse that tray whenever I'm reloading to hold my bullets. And uh, again, it's very important. This is like super important. Um, Something I'd recommend doing is having two ammo trays. So that way, if you're reloading, you don't accidentally double load your bullets because again this is what most people have issues with whenever you see uh like you know ammo fails on youtube or whatever it may be to where either somebody you know shoots a squib or somebody um you know blows up their their barrel if they blow up the barrel it's because of one of two things either uh too much powder uh or 
they had a squib and they just kept shooting and uh, the squib like you know overpressured and blew up the barrel it, it, it's pretty wild um, so that's why I recommend you have like two ammo trays uh, whether that be stuff that you used from your old ammo or something that you bought and so once you um, put powder into that case you move it to another ammo tray so that way you're not skipping some or you're double loading some you're not doing any of that shit because um, a bullet can come out of the casing but get stuck in the barrel if there's no powder in there just the primer itself going off can cause the bullet to come out of uh, its you know seating and get stuck in the barrel so that's why I say like take those maybe take those precautions and this is just kind of good rules of thumb uh, that I have uh, built up over my experience and uh, you know like I said have two trays once something's done been you know loaded with powder put it in another tray and you know this is my uh, this right here is my uh, brass that I've, I've loaded with powder and again there's this is something that can be done in the turret uh, in the turret you know there are uh, powder measures that you can put on like especially like progressive presses or turret presses and you know as soon as you pull that lever you just mark on uh, your powder measure for uh, your press say like I need this many grains of powder and uh, once you push it down it automatically loads it in there to you now uh, something else that I'm gonna talk about with in regards to reloading is knowledge so uh, there of course are numerous um, fucking you know things on the internet where you can say like hey um, I you know always go on the internet to look up stuff for like school or where the fuck it may be but you know I wouldn't trust my life with stuff that you get off the internet when it comes to reloading because there are some people that will put stuff on the internet and they do it again like certain ways or they do it because they know their barrels have certain tolerances or their bolts have certain tolerances and they do this because they are just sharing information like hey this is what I did this is what I got because ballistic nerds like me look at that and I'm like oh that's pretty fucking cool but if you do that and you you put it in your like fucking Ruger American rifle that's got like just a regular old fucking barrel from the manufacturer, uh, like you could blow your shit up. You know, a lot of these guys have like custom barrels, custom heavy barrels, that kind of stuff, and it is strictly just for uh, like wildcatting, and then that's what it is when it's called when you make up your own reloading data. Uh, in your trying out different things it's called wildcatting but when it comes to just the average reloader I suggest that you stick with um, reliant companies that have come out with reloading manuals um, that tell you hey this is the powder measurements that we use for these ammunition manufacturers and this is what your firearm is rated to handle and so now Hogden powder uh, annual reloading manual 
you can get this for like 15 bucks on Amazon. Uh, Hogden is like one of the, the major uh, pattern manufacturers out there. So it's definitely something that I would recommend. Uh, another one is uh, Lee. Lee obviously makes one. Uh, theirs is pretty good. Uh, you know, and then a lot of this stuff is kind of, you know, Mandarin Chinese when you look at it just because you may not know uh, what a lot of it says. But, you know, if you have uh, issues with like terminology or whatever it may be, uh, there's lots of good internet resources just to kind of give you uh, just the Barney Fife version of what I call it uh, on how to, rele how to read reloading data. Uh, Alliant Powder is another good one. Uh, Alliant Powder is another major name brand. Uh, Vita Ferrari, uh, and that's V I H T A V U O R I. Uh, they're another one. Um, I wouldn't that's if, like, you especially when you start getting into like maybe like long range precision rifle shooting, uh, I would look into that one. Um, but it's you know, it's got some good stuff to it. Uh, uh, I think the other one is, um, God, I am just like having a brain fart. There's another one for the life of me. I can't think of the name of it. Um, but it, there, there's if it's a book or if it comes from the actual uh, the actual powder manufacturer, uh, those are what I would recommend because especially like the powder manufacturer uh, with the powder manufacturer, you know they in, or a book, you know because. If they put this out there, they are staking their business and their uh, income on it because they know that, hey, if, if I fuck up, that this person can sue this business. And obviously, that's something that they don't want. So that's that's what I recommend when you're looking at different powder measurements. Also, uh, if you buy the powder, the powder a lot of times on the front will have... Um, you know, measurements like this powder is only good for like nine millimeter or 38. And this is the reloading data for those two cartridges. Uh, that is what I'd recommend as well as when you're looking at powder measurements. Now we start getting into uh, the neck size. And so when you're looking at um, neck sizes, uh, that is another thing to where you uh, need to make sure, especially like when checking out your uh, your brass, because um, like for example, my set me like it's always dent in my brass, and you know the brass can take certain amount of abuse and still be used, um, but for your first time or if you're like still relatively new to this, uh, if you see any deformities in the wall of the brass, uh, I would definitely um, avoid reusing that brass. But now if there's some deformities in the holes where the bullets go, which, you know, is the case mouth, uh, there's some, definitely some things that you can do. You can, uh, trim it, uh, which is, you know, making sure it's kind of nice and smooth. So that way it's not fucking up your bullet when you're pushing it in there. Uh, something else you can use is a deburring and a chamfering tool and you know these tools all these tools like the primer pocket and this tool uh, these tools you can get for like less than 10 or 15 bucks um, you know honestly in your reloading experience the most expensive thing is going to be uh, your press your um, your 
brass cleaning, you know, if you go with like the door rock tumbler or the vibration tumbler, uh, or it's going to be uh, the dies. And the dies, you know, don't necessarily have to be very expensive, but they can be. Um, but those are going to be your most expensive things. So the rest of the stuff that I'm telling you about, super cheap. Uh, you can get them for, like I said, 10 or 15 bucks. But the deburring and chamfering tool is going to help uh, straighten out the neck of your cartridge. So that way you're not, um, you know, fucking up your uh, bullets as you put them in. So, uh, you know, that's something else in regards to that. And, and I guess when I'm, when I'm talking about this, honestly, I probably should have put this in before. So you need to do this before you, uh, put powder in, obviously, uh, I should, should have, uh, mentioned that, but that's something else, you know, when I was thinking about getting ready for the case preparation, uh, that you need to, to, to know, but that's something you should definitely do. Lyman. Gosh, Lyman is the other reloading book. Uh, it just came to me. And sorry for the super fucking randomness. But um, going on to the next thing, you're going to be, uh, you know, talking about uh, seating your bullets. And when you're seating your bullet, you want to make sure that the, the case mouth where you actually put your bullet has got a little bit of like a rolled out edge. So that way your bullet can get nice and and seated in there without having to, uh, you know, get it in there. And then, you know, you fuck up your case, which again, I've done before as well. This is all kinds of shit that will happen. Um, so you want to make sure that your seating punch, uh, which is what it's called whenever you put your bullet in there. And a lot of times, especially like these dies. So like a good reloading die will, um, deprime the bullet for you. And then it will also uh, widen that case mouth, you know, flare the case mouth a little bit uh, whenever you push it down and get your get you ready. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, on your reloading dies, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff can can be done. So, like, for example, um, in my uh, depriming tool that I have, my little handy primer, and actually it's something that holds my uh, depriming die in there. And it does both. It deprimes it and it flares the case mouth. But once you get all that in, you know, you put your bullet on top of the case. Or if you have like a progressive case, uh, it automatically seats the bullet in there for you. Uh, you then at that time push your bullet uh, into the uh, seating die. It seats the bullet in there for the height that you want. And then you have your uh, neck finishing die, which kind of crimps the brass around the bullet. So that way your bullet just like doesn't basically fall the fuck out. But so with that, let's go ahead and start talking about dies. So when we're talking about dies, you know, there are many sets. Uh, you can get them in like sets of three or four. And... Uh, well, actually there's two as well. So, uh, in the two die set, uh, the first die is the resizing and decapping die. And the second die is the bullet seating and crimping die. So, uh, you know, it is really just, you know, if you have your hand primer tool and all that kind of stuff, uh, that's what it's going to, you know, be having and, and does everything else for you. Uh, three die set, which is a little bit more, uh, 
more common three and four dies. Uh, your first die is your resi resizing and decapping die. Uh, your second die is going to be your case mouth expanding die. And the third die is the bullet seating and crimping die. Uh, those are a little bit more uh, known. And then, of course, the four die uh, one you're going to have, it's the uh, dedicated taper crimping die, which is what really seats the bullet in there. Uh, that's kind of what I recommend. Just that way everything is is good to go. It's more dedicated steps because, especially like with reloading, you don't want to have like a uh, jack of all trades but master of none. You want to make sure that you get one that's kind of dedicated for that. Um, and when you're talking about reloading uh, dies as well, you have your shell holders. Uh, your shell holders are what holds the uh, bullet or I'm sorry not the bullet the case into the reloading die uh, so like if you look on the bottom you got your little um, uh, rim of the cartridge uh, that's what you know your uh, ejector on your round grabs a hold of whenever it's pulling it out of the barrel uh, those hold on to your brass that way and those you can also purchase as well like you can purchase like a whole set of them um, and you can get them for like around like 20 or 30 bucks because uh, I've lost them before that kind of stuff because it's a small piece of metal it's about the size of maybe a quarter and about the thickness maybe of a uh, I don't know like five quarters stacked up maybe and uh, something else when it comes uh, towards your dies, uh, when you buy your dies, your dies will come with a uh, little, looks like a, a big hollow nut that goes around it. And this like helps you seat your die, uh, like, you know, know how to seat your die and keep it still on your reloading press. Um, but whenever you uh, get your... Uh, reloading press and a lot of times what you're going to do is you're going to be uh, changing your dies around and you know for example like maybe you got like one die or your one setup and this is for like your nine millimeter but then you got another setup and this is for your 45 so you're gonna be changing your dies out there are uh, lock nuts that you can get for your die so that way you make sure that the height of your die doesn't change whenever you change your reloading and those are like eight bucks i highly recommend these they're like just they just save you a fuck ton of time and energy um and it's worth the investment um and reloading presses so we talked about dies let's talk about reloading presses now on dies you can get like uh lee uh, has the die and what's really nice about Lee as well is Lee when you purchase the reloading dies from them a lot of times those reloading dies come with those little uh, powder scoops that I was telling you about um, so those come with your dies and dies you can you know they normally run between like 30 to 70 bucks just depending on what caliber you're getting and what brand you're getting RCBS also makes a great die um, now I will say this with Lee for like a good while there uh with 223 my 223 die and it might just be just the die that i have i'm not sure but um my die whenever i was going to um 
deprime it. And now I will say this too. I, I forget to mention this. Um, so when you're depriming uh, uh, shell casings, there are two kinds of uh, primes, primers. There's boxer prime and there's burden primed. So boxer is something that you can actually reload. If you take a um, if you take a look at the bottom of the primer pocket after it's deprimed, or if you can like shine a little flashlight in there through the case mouth, uh, you'll see like a singular hole, and your uh, depriming tool goes through that hole, pushes the old primer out, gets you set for a new one. Burden primed has two holes. And I don't know why whoever invented burden primers, um, they are the scourge of the earth uh, because I have fucked up some depriming pins in my calipers by thinking that all of my cases were boxer prime, but there was a burden prime that was thrown in there. Uh, so burden prime has two holes and they're not to where the normal single hole would be. So always check, you know, with the little flashlight down your case mouth and make sure uh, burden primers are more, rev you know, prevalent in like cheap 223, especially 762 by 39. Uh, and they will fuck your day up because they will ruin your uh, primer punch in your reloading die. So. Uh, when you are reloading, um, make sure that you have your boxer primed in there. But uh, going back to the 223, so, and this mainly happened with like really old surplus ammo uh, that I purchased, is that the primer was just like fucking stuck in there. And like I'll pull that lever and, uh, you know, I couldn't do it in my little hand deprimer. I had to do it in my, uh, my press. And whenever I was trying to deprime it, it was just like fucking stuck in there. And it's either the case would get stuck in there and I'd have to completely break down the pro uh, the die to get the case out. Or it would fuck up my uh, depriming punch and I had to get a new one, which I got like a set of, I think I got like a set of five or ten from Amazon and it was like hardened steel and that solved the problem um, but make sure you know you check that out and uh, that's my only gripe I, I guess I have I say with Lee dies is that one two two three that I had but anyway uh, and then so those are the dies and then we talk about reloading presses reloading presses uh, if you're just starting out I recommend you get either a single stage reloading press or a uh, turret press because a turret press you can actually remove one piece from it and it basically turns it into a single stage press uh, but you still got everything already set up so it's like less uh, you know adjustments that you'd have to do in the long run whenever you are doing your thing and then also what's nice about a progressive or not a progressive but a turret press is for a turret press you could buy more of the turrets and you can just leave your dies in there and it will uh, be easier. All you gotta do is just pop out your turret. If you wanna reload a different uh, ammunition, pop in the new turret that you already have your, uh, that caliber's dies in there, and you know, you're good to go. 
there's also progressive press. Uh, and so basically the difference between all these is, okay, so single, single stage press, you put one die in the press, you can only do one function uh, because you'd have to completely remove that die and put in another die before you go into the next function. So you can either do depriming, you can either do uh, bullet seating, or you could do crimping. With turret press is you put one bullet in there, or I'm sorry, one casing in there, and it goes around to each um, stage on the turret, and it does one thing. So uh, for each pull the handle, it's moving that brass casing around to do one of the steps that it needs to do. So you about every three or four presses, you get a new complete bullet. Uh, now with progressive though, progressive presses, uh, you have multiple, um, I guess you could say like seats for the brass casing and it, uh, you know, every pull of the handle, you get a new bullet. So you don't have to wait until that brass casing goes around to the different stages of a turret press. It does it all once and it takes multiple brass casings. Now, progressive presses are usually a bit more expensive um, than turret presses, uh, but sometimes not, especially because like you can order from Lee a progressive press that's already set up for that one peculiar in a particular um uh caliber but it is just for that particular function you know that you know you, you would have to completely change everything out from the dies the measurements it's just a pain in the ass to change a progressive press from one caliber to another it's easier to do it on a turret press uh, so if you're going to go the progressive press route and a lot of reloaders go the progressive pre press route, it's because, you know, um, speed and, you know, efficiency and all that kind of stuff. But it's a pain in the ass to change uh, the calibers out. So they normally will buy a different progressive press uh, for a different caliber. Like that's what I've done. Um, so... It's easier, especially like on single and turrets, change calibers, progressive press, a little bit more pain in the ass. You can do it, but it's it's difficult for somebody that has a whole lot of experience in that particular uh, realm of you know changing on reloading equipment. So uh, you know, and when looking at presses, you can get them in. Uh, you know, Lee is the most economical. Uh, you can Hornady isn't too bad, but I think Hornady, uh, I think Hornady just sells. I can't remember if they just sell a single stage press or they just sell a turret press. Uh, but that might, you know, that might have changed because it's been a while since I went shopping for presses. Um, RCBS uh, makes really good stuff as well. Uh, Dylan is kind of like the Mac daddy, but like, you know, with Dylan, you're looking at spending hundreds of dollars and, um, you know, a lot of people just don't have that much money to spend on that kind of investment. So, uh, that's going to be it for the reloading. And I think that is going to be the majority of it. Now, when you're looking at getting this stuff, um, the best places to look for reloading equipment 
is, like I said, ultimately Brownells. Uh, I always support Brownells just because of the good work they do. Um, Midway USA is another place to, to get this offline if this is where the route you want to go to. Now, I will say this uh, with like uh, primers and powder. It sucks because you got to pay the hazmat fees uh, because it is an explosive item. You normally got to pay a little extra. Um, you can get it from, uh, you know, Academy if you have one near you, Gander Mountain, uh, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, uh, those kind of big sporting goods stores. You can get that stuff from. Um, you can get uh, the. Bullet casting and bullet casting is, and I'm just gonna kind of briefly glaze over this bullet casting. Uh, you know, you with bullet casting, what I do is I go to tire shops that I know. I'll get the old wheel weights. I just have an old cast iron pot that I got from a thrift store. I put it over my turkey fryer uh, that I use for Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, set that cast iron pot on there. Uh, I melt the tire weights. I get again got a cheap little spoon ladle I'll get the stuff that is dirt and stuff you know that didn't melt because it's steel or whatever and uh, you know and then I will uh, got my little dipper and I got my bullet casting molds from Lee uh, I got a couple different ones I do my own uh, for my own muzzle loaders for my uh, you know, nine millimeter, 38, 45, 40. Uh, I do bullet casting for all those. And with bullet casting, you can lube them uh, by using wax because, you know, if you look at bullet casting, my bullets, you know, are the, the shiny metal lead uh, versus something that's copper jacketed. Uh, something I've done before, but I have mixed results with is uh, powder, coat, powder coating them. Uh, to make sure that they don't mess up the rifling in my firearms as well. Uh, but mainly I just use the wax and that seems to work out pretty well. Uh, but that's going to be it for the reloading episode. Tell me what you think. Uh, tell me what you would like to see talk about next on kind of like the deep dive. Uh, you can email us at 2alifestyle at mail.com or you can reach out to us on social media. Uh, but that is going to be it for reloading. If there's anything else that you I missed, let me know. Uh, maybe I'll do like a follow-up uh, with some stuff that I missed or maybe we can just kind of talk about it through social media if you want to message me on Instagram or Facebook. But that's going to be it for the main part of the segment. Let's go ahead and start wrapping this up. <clears throat> So we're going to wrap this up on the gun culture segment. We were talking all serious about serious shit of reloading and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk about something a little bit ridiculous and we're going to talk about Demolition Man. Now, if you don't know what Demolition Man is, it is a 1993 science fiction movie. Uh, it kind of became a little bit more popular during the pandemic because there's a lot of shit that, you know, came about in this science fiction movie that kind of became real life because of the pandemic, like no hand-to-hand uh, -hand contact, uh, no toilet paper, that kind of stuff. 
but it stars Wesley Snipes and uh, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, this is currently available on HBO Max. If you want to, if you have HBO Max, you can go check it out. But this is actually one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid, just because it was just a little bit of action, sci-fi. Uh, really enjoyed it. But being a child of the '90s, uh, this movie is definitely got a lot of the uh, '90s uh type i guess you could say um i I can't think of the fucking word cliche 90s cliche firearms uh you got brenna 92 she got desert eagles uh smith and wesson 39 13 and 14 uh you got a smith and wesson 68 uh, 686 snub nose uh in the submachine guns you got a uh, cobra m11 of course, MP5s galore, just all kinds of different style of MP5s. Uh, you got a, you know, of course, the old double barrel set off shotgun, Remington 870. Uh, now, what's cool about this is you got a magnetic accelerator rifle, which is supposed to be a weapon of the future, but it is a HKG11 mock-up, which I thought was really cool. You got a Norinco Type 56 FNFAL. Uh, you got an M60 machine gun, and then you see Uzis, Gatling guns, and all kinds of various weapons because they have what's called a hall of violence in the, in the museum. Um, and the premise of this movie is pretty cool. Uh, so John Spartan and Wesley Snipes, uh, John Spartan, who is Sylvester Stallone, uh, was a police officer in L.A., and he caught Wesley Snipes, uh, who was uh, Simon Phoenix, and Simon Phoenix gets uh, frozen, and that's how they, you know, treat, you know, that's how they put criminals in jail now instead of put them in jail. They freeze them and they rehabilitate them while being frozen. But uh, Sylvester Stallone is accused of killing a bunch of people while trying to say, uh, arrest Wesley Snipes, so he gets frozen as well. So they're reawoken in like 2030 something, I think. And. Uh, you know, big earthquake happened, society changed, there's no more cursing, no more uh, firearms, uh, you know, everything's healthy, you know, sex isn't even loud, it's it's quite insane, uh, but it's a pretty interesting movie, like I said, it became more popular during the pandemic, just because a lot of the stuff that it predicted in this kind of came true during the pandemic, so I definitely suggest that you check out Demolition Man if you've never watched it. it. Came out in 1993. You can get it on HBO Max. And with that, let's go ahead and start wrapping the show up. Well, I greatly appreciate you for listening episode of the another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. Go ahead and check out our social media everywhere, 2A Lifestyle, except uh, it's the number 2A, except for Instagram. The 2 is spelled out. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. That's the best way to keep up with us on new podcasts as they're coming out. Also, if you can, subscribe so that way people can find us when they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platforms. Also, go ahead and... If you like us, go ahead and check out our Patreon. Uh, that's the best way to support the podcast. Anything you give goes directly into this podcast, that 2A Lifestyle Podcast on Patreon. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap the show up. And I will see you guys again in a week. And until then, keep on and enjoying the 2A Lifestyle. Mm-hmm.